0: Good afternoon. This is Rob Carmichael with another Mainly Matters podcast. Today, uh, my guest is uh, Blake James from the University of Miami, the Director of Athletics and former Director of Athletics at uh, the University of Maine. So we've got a Maine connection today. We're going to talk leadership, business, sports, and uh, what it's like to be an athletic director at a Power 5 university. Blake, welcome to Mainly Matters.
1: Hey, great to be on with you, Rob. How
0: are you doing today? Excellent, excellent. I'm really excited to have you here today because, uh, as you know very well, that I'm extremely uh, enthusiastic about athletics and and really fascinated by your job and how you've described your job to me, how I've watched you in action. Uh, Blake is, is one of the leaders in this field throughout the country, very well respected, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Is i want to talk uh, about his his background uh, how we how we got to this point what uh, what he uh, sees as the biggest challenges facing him today and a little bit just a little bit about the position uh, as it as it goes on a day-to-day basis and and all the things he has to handle as well as from a leadership perspective the the challenges that he faces on a day-to-day basis uh, so uh, let's get right into a, a Blake, talk a little bit about how you got to the position as the Director of Athletics at the University of Miami. Where where did that all start?
1: For me, I really started uh, in undergrad uh, as I was uh, finishing up and earning my degree in business, not really knowing what that meant for my future. Uh, I was talking with a, a friend who was getting their graduate degree in athletic administration, and that's something that really,
0: uh, you know, piqued my interest. I, I had these uh, aspirations of wanting to be an athletic director at the University of Miami someday and never really knew the path, and uh, the path was
1: kind of laid out for me in, in, a, few, in a few different conversations and uh, uh, started uh, moving forward in my career.
0: And I found it because I, I, I know the background uh, a little bit from the f- stories you've told me, and and I've always found it fascinating that you knew in when you were an undergrad uh, what you wanted to be, what your dream job was. And I thought, how so few <laughs> few of us really at that age know what we want to do and where we want to go. And and you knew it back then. You knew what your dream job was.
1: Yeah, I, I did. I, I knew what my dream job was. The, the challenge I had is I had no idea how I was going to get there. Uh, I wasn't uh, a, a Division One athlete, or I wasn't a, a college athlete at all. My career ended in, in high school, and um, it was a situation where uh, I didn't have connections in the industry. I, I didn't have uh,
0: really a, a map to, uh, to success, and uh, it was a situation where um, – well,
1: I knew what I wanted to do. It's it's kind of like you talk to you know some kids are like, well, I want to be a professional baseball player. I want to be a professional football player. I want to be the athletic director at Miami. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of kids who have a better chance of being professional baseball players or football players than I did of being the athletic director at Miami at the time. But uh, uh, it was a, a long and winding road, but uh, one that's you know obviously turned out very well for me.
0: And and how did you become a Miami fan? I'm guessing, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm guessing in in Minnesota there aren't as many hurricane fans as there are fans maybe of uh, other universities in the Midwest. How did you become a Miami fan early on? Well,
1: the story in Miami is my my parents' uh, families grew up primarily University of Nebraska fans. And growing up in Minnesota, I was a, a passionate gopher fan and uh, if, if anyone looks at, at football, at, at that time, uh, Nebraska was very dominant over Minnesota. And so my cousins would constantly give me a, a hard time whenever Nebraska would play Minnesota and, and uh, really take it to them. And, uh, the year of, of 83, uh, when Nebraska had their big red machine with uh, Rozier and Turner Gill and Irving Fryer, and, and my cousins were explaining to me how dominant they were and all that, when this, uh, team from, from South Florida, Miami knocked them off in the Orange Bowl, I instantaneously became a, a huge hurricane fan. And, uh, it just, uh, you know, stuck with me ever since then. So that was 83. I was probably in about eighth or ninth grade at the time and up through high school and into college. And as we just discussed, you know, my, my dream of, of one day being the athletic director of at the university of Miami was, was something that, uh, I, I shared with, uh, people a, a number of times, although I don't think anyone at the time thought there was a chance it ever was going to happen, and I was probably in that group.
0: I, I think that's that's a great lesson for any any younger uh, folks that are listening or will listen to this podcast about uh, creating a vision and, and finding your way to achieving uh, that vision, or at least some portion of the vision, because I know you're not through yet uh, doing what you want to do at the University of Miami. And you and I have joked because, as you know well, I grew up as a Notre Dame fan, and of course the the Miami-Notre Dame rivalry has been a great one over the years. So when I first met you and realized that uh, you were a, a real Miami fan, we've had a lot of fun with that one, haven't we?
1: Oh, we've had great times. Uh, yeah, I think one of the things about, about college athletics that makes it so great is just the the, the rivalries and, and the passionate fan bases that go along with them. And, and obviously, Miami and Notre Dame with the the Catholics versus Convicts, and just the the great games that they've had through the years, uh, just further fuels that and makes for for great conversations. Uh, Whenever you're together with friends from you know from different schools, and, and you and I have had many of those uh, conversations of, of games and how we remembered them and, and the calls uh, that, that went our way or didn't go our way and, and the outcomes and all that. So yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun and it's it's part of what makes the job uh, so fulfilling, as, as well as just the the special uh, the special feeling that and passion that people have for their collegiate athletics team. I I think there's some professional teams that probably have it. Um, But uh, again, the, the, the passion you see uh, for uh, someone's collegiate team, it's, it's hard to see that measure that um, uh, met at any other level.
0: It it sure is. And I I don't think, and you probably would agree, there's nothing like college athletics, particularly college football. I don't think uh, the NFL compares to the excitement and the rivalries that you have there and of course as you know i i didn't make it down to miami the last time notre dame miami met for uh, probably good for me on that one because miami really took it took them to the woodshed if so to speak at that time so uh, there'll be another one in the future uh, coming up i don't remember the date of the next game but hopefully i'll be there and and I, I'm sure you'll be there on on the Miami yeah, side. It's, it's either
1: 2024 or 2025. I think it's I think it's 2024 at their place and 2025 at our place. But it's it's somewhere in, just in a few years. So it, uh, you'll have you'll have a chance to try to get back at us. But uh, I'm, I'm gonna promise you, we're gonna be ready to
0: go. Uh, I know you will be. Uh, things are moving in the right direction, and we'll talk a little bit m- about more about that as we go along. But I want to get back to let's let's kind of track your if you would. Kind of give me a in our listeners uh, a, a, a history of how you got to where you are. So you you had the 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 idea, the vision in, in college. You, what did you do when you when you graduated from uh, school?
1: Well, I, I ended up in graduate school, I and mean, Rob, you know, honestly, that's that's really the, the key to my success. Uh, and, and ironically. <laughs> Just earlier today, I was I was down in Saint Albans uh, on Big Indian Pond, I believe it's called, and my, my graduate school advisor uh, has retired to, to Maine, and and so I spent the afternoon talking with him, and and that's really where I guess I'll say I got the map of how I was going to get to uh, being athletic director at the University of Miami uh, through my conversations with my advisors there, through the conversations with alumni. Uh, it was it was a, a real benefits for me to attend graduate school at the time that I did, and and really start creating my network, and, and then getting an understanding of how the industry worked. Because as I as I shared with you earlier, uh, you know I went around telling people that I was going to be the athletic director at the University of Miami, but honestly, if anyone asked me how I was going to how I was going to get that job, I would I had no idea. And in graduate school, really. Opened up my eyes, and, and like I, you know, I said earlier, kind of gave me that map of how how I how I could possibly get there. Again, nothing nothing happens without hard work and, and drive and, and passion. Um, and, and I'll say I, I had all of those, and, and I, I said, ultimately that's why I think I've ended up where I'm at. Uh, but it was one where I, I went into graduate school and, and really uh, was given an education on how the industry worked, uh, and so taking that knowledge with me, I started out on my journey. And the thing I would you know, say to everyone listening, and I'm guessing this is the same in, in all fields, I can only say it in athletics, is there isn't one right path. Uh, I get a lot of people ask me today, well, you went into fundraising. Should I be in fundraising? I can look around the country, and there's a, a ton of athletic directors that didn't have fundraising experience. And it's everyone's going to go on their path, but I think it's just having a vision of where you want to end up and taking the steps you need and making the decisions that put you in the best position to ultimately end up there. And, and that's you know what what I did from the, the jobs that I've taken at, at different uh, places along the way. You touched on it at the start from being athletic director at, at the University of Maine. To then leaving that role and going back to Miami and uh, a, a senior level position but not not the athletic director and, and then ultimately becoming the athletic director at, at Miami so again the thing I would say to, to all the listeners is whatever your whatever your dream spot and spot is uh, at least in an athletic perspective there isn't one right path it's the right path for you. Uh, but have that drive and vision of where you want to get to and then be willing to make the deci- the, the decisions and sacrifices that ultimately puts you in the best spot to end up there.
0: And, and you certainly made those those sacrifices with jobs uh, along the way. I believe you were you were at the uh, University of Nebraska at one point. That's correct. Uh, you started out it, it, at Miami, though, right?
1: Yeah, so I started out in Miami, and again, this is, uh, I think, a lesson for everyone out there right now. I, I wanted to work at the University of Miami, and I was I was volunteering uh, for them uh, while well, I worked uh, for the Marlins, kind of in, in a ticket uh, ticket operations type role, and uh, just would volunteer at Miami and work on my network, work my network, and whenever they had a position open up, I would apply for it, and I applied for the same job uh, three times before I finally got it, and you know, it was one where it would have been easy to it would have been easy to walk away and say, Hey, they're not gonna they're not gonna hire me, uh, and had a you know have a, a pity party. But instead, I just kept working hard and and pushing forward. And by the time we got to the third interview, I guess I probably knew them all by first name, and they knew me by first name. And uh, <laughs> maybe they decided they just retired me applying for the job, so they're gonna give it to me at that time. But uh, uh, regardless. Uh, I took advantage of the opportunity and, and could be to work my way up and then got the opportunity at Nebraska. And, uh, and and that was a whole different experience, which was great for me from a career perspective. And then, and then made a decision to go back to Miami. when, uh, As you know, my wife, Kelly, and I had met there originally, and she was still working in the athletic department and uh, had an opportunity to go back there. And, and then on to Providence College and, and, and up to Maine. And all those different decisions were all part of it of that building process of getting me to the point that when President Shalala called me on that day in October of 2012 uh, to offer me the athletic director's job, uh, I was ready and, and was the best person for the job at that time.
0: And and I remember that so well. I believe uh, I was in Chicago at the Notre Dame game uh, getting ready to see you at that point uh, with a number of friends. and. You had, I think you had called us at that time and said, uh, I'm going to celebrate. I, I'm getting my dream job, or I just got my dream job, or, or something along those lines. And yeah, it was that, a, was
1: that was the weekend. It was the weekend we were going up to uh, to play Notre Dame there in Chicago. And I know you were, you were in town along with other friends. And uh, uh, I remember uh, President Shalala, she, she offered me the job, and, and the, the
0: salary went along with it. So, well, call your wife and tell her to buy a new pair of shoes. And so, Uh,
1: In my excitement, I called Kelly, and uh, shortly after, I believe I called you and John and some other friends that were there and uh, uh, shared the news. And uh, obviously, the outcome of the weekend on the field wasn't what we wanted, uh, but it was, uh, for me, from a career perspective, it was uh, just a a real dream come true and and, uh, an opportunity I was thrilled to have been
0: given. And I should have started at at the beginning, uh, making sure I mentioned your wonderful wife, Kelly, and Haley and Ryan, your children, who were both students at the University of Miami. I know you you, uh, would give them a a ton of credit for uh, the success of where you are right now. Oh yeah, that's, that's the thing, and, and again, I, I can only really compare to athletics, but the, I, I
1: would say anyone going to athletics, and I'm guessing it's the same in any career, is, is really making sure that you're, you're taking care of, of the relationship at home, and, uh, and again, I, I think Kelly is, has gone above and beyond in sacrifices that she's made uh, to really allow me to uh, pursue this,
0: this dream uh, of mine from a career perspective, and obviously it's worked out well.
1: You know in, in the end as you know but I, I know if Kelly was on here there's there's a lot of uh, there's been a lot of challenges uh, along the way and uh, and she's just been a, a, a real champion in, in one supporting me uh, through all those challenges and then just you know really being the CEO of the Jacobs household because as you know Rob my, my schedule is one where it's it's so crazy it, it, it can be on the road quite a bit it, it's you know it's weekends it's 24 7 365 days a year to, and I wouldn't have the, the successful uh, life and family I, I have if it wasn't to have such a great support system in place. Obviously, you know, in my case, that, that rock there at, at home is, is Kelly and just everything that she does to, uh, you know, from raising our children to supporting me to being at events to, you know, just being out in the public eye and, and, and Really accepting that role and, and embracing it uh, in, in everything we do, and so yeah, very blessed, and uh, uh, you know, couldn't be prouder of, of both Haley and Ryan, and, and, and more thankful uh, than, than the you know the person that Kelly's been for me through it all.
0: It's a true partnership that, and I've been able to see it, um, you know, up close. And you, you really do work together you know they say it takes a village you know it, it almost goes without saying that that's a that's a similar sort of phrase that, des, that describes um, probably anybody in athletics but in in the in the business you're in because as you say it's it is a 24/7 and one of my favorite pictures that sort of illustrates how how much it is a twenty four seven job is a, is we're all lined up for a picture at one vacation we are on and and you've got the phone tucked into your ear doing business while the picture. I, I, I,
1: <laughs> I forget. I forget now what 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 emergency had had, uh, had happened right as right as that was all going down. But uh, yeah, as, as as you know, having spent time with me through the years, there's a there's a good chance uh, any time uh, of any day of the week and any day of the year. That I'm going to have something that's going on that's going to require me to uh, to be on the phone or to be flying back to Miami or uh, being doing something to
0: be uh, addressing a situation. I think if if anybody. Looks at it, an athletic director, or looks at uh, some of the, the great things that go along with the job, as you would read, readily admit. Uh, certainly, there are a lot of wonderful things that go along with a job at a major university like that. But they don't see all of that uh, uh, that other stuff that that takes up twenty four seven. And the
1: thing I think I would say, Rob, to your point is, I, I've had a lot of a lot of people come in and, and talk to me that have never worked in in athletics before, you know, let alone college athletics. And I'll say, well, well why do you want to do this? Well, because I love watching sports and, and you know, you've been, you've been with me at, at games before. I don't get to watch most of the no. games. Uh, <laughs> uh, on, on, you know, when I, when I go now, it's, it's a little bit different now as athletic director than it was coming up, but coming up through the ranks uh, for, for our, you know, for my staff, uh, they're they're nonstop, you know. They're in a grind throughout the entire game, and so uh, you know that was one of the things that that I you know had to uh, really embrace. And, and I think you learn that as, as you're as you're starting out is you're not there to watch the game. You're there to make sure everyone watching the game is having the best experience possible. And that means there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes,
0: from you know from writing a scripts to you know, running of, of promotions to
1: you know making sure that the there's concessions that you know all the different little things that go into putting on a, a major event. Um, it's it's work, and and that's you know that's what I, I, I tell people anytime they come in and, and, and tell me that you know they want to work in sports because they, they love to watch sports. Like, this, this isn't the job you want to set up for because you're no. not going to have a chance to
0: watch sports. No, that's right. They, they just need to tag along with you, uh, you know, one whole week leading up to a, a, a big game on the weekend or some big event on the weekend, and they'll certainly get a, a better idea where you spend your time. And, you know, as we talk about, you, you mentioned the passion. You talked about how there's no right path. One of the things that I've always wondered about, there are a lot of schools out there that, have a curriculum or a course, uh, a major that's sports management. That's not always necessarily the perfect or the right way to go, is it? I know there are some really good schools with sports management, but could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Well, again, I don't know, I don't know that I want to say that it isn't the right way. I guess what I'd say is there isn't a wrong way. And as I share with you, I have my undergraduate in business, and for me, thing. Getting my graduate degree right away in athletic administration, as I as I shared with you earlier, I think that really helped lay out my uh, my plan as to how I was going to get this job that I kept telling people I was going to get. So I, I would say there's a a a, a right way or uh, uh, you know or, or, or a wrong way. It's 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 one where I think. To get a degree in sports administration is is going to be something that will be very applicable to to the experience. With that said, it's it's not needed because I think what will really, or in my opinion, what will really drive people is is the network that they create and the experience that that they get while while creating that network and and developing that resume of of, of who they are. Now, everything you do can differentiate. Um, your resume from another resume and uh, I'm sure like in in a lot of fields when we open up a position we're going to get hundreds of resumes of people who want to do things and so to have experience in in sports is great Uh, to have a degree in athletic administration or a graduate degree in athletic administration is helpful I think one of the things that that I would I I would share with listeners is if you want to go in sports it doesn't hurt to get it in undergrad or grad I would I would I would advise against doing it in both you know, once you have your once you have a degree in sports administration, whether that's an undergrad or grad level, if you're gonna get a graduate degree, get an you know, get an MBA or or get something else that will help differentiate your resume from the other, the other resumes in the pile. And, and again, the key is, is, is getting experience and, and, and creating that network. And, um, you know, there's a variety of different ways of doing that. As I shared with you at the start, you know, one of the, one of the things I did to really get my network going and, and obviously making and getting Miami familiar with me was, was volunteering at Miami. And so I, I talk with people all the time about if you want to work in baseball, you know, if it's for the Red Sox or whoever it is, Go talk to them and do whatever do whatever they ask you to do. If it's to dump dump the garbage and fill the water cooler, do it. It's the start, and you'll start. And people will see you, and uh, you'll start creating that network. Yeah,
0: that, I'm glad you you clarified that. Probably because I, I probably didn't express it the way it, it really. It, there are there are a lot of schools offering sports management programs. There are some that really are the cream of the crop, probably. But uh, you make a good point. Uh, it, there's certainly not going to be a wrong way the networking piece of the things that you gain as a result of your education, undergraduate or graduate are going to put you in position to, to have those opportunities that you talked about later on. Yeah. So you, you get to Miami, you get your, your dream job. Now you've got a perspective of, of having been a, an AD at a university, say the size of Maine university, the size of Miami. I'm sure a lot of people wonder what well, wow up, aside from the obvious differences in, in the level of, say, football, what are some of the other challenges or, or differences, I should say, between a school the size of Maine uh, and, and, say, Miami or a larger Power 5 school? Yeah,
1: you know, there's, there's a lot of similarities. I've, I've often joked that the difference between Maine and Miami is is to add a zero or two to, it, to the end of my problems. Uh, and so there is some of that, just the – how we operate financially is at a much different level. But when you look at it, you know, as you said, outside of football, Maine and Miami, our student athletes are competing for the same national championship in every other sport that we um, mutually sponsor. And so, it's a situation where, again, at Miami, we operate at a different level than what we did at Maine. But it's not to say that the drive is any less at Maine by our coaches or our students to want to win that championship. And and part of winning that championship is going through a a school like Miami. And so, you know, for us at Miami, it's, Doing everything we can to make sure that we're ready to go for uh, a championship run. You know, first in the ACC, and then and then off. Uh, you know, at the national level, uh, you know, our, our goal is to win the ACC championship in every sport. If we do that, uh, we know we're going to be in a great position to win a national championship in whatever the sport that is. Uh, we see it play out every year, whether it's in in, in basketball or football or, or baseball. On down the line, uh, teams that win win the ACC or are competing for the ACC championship are usually in that national title talk. And, and so, um, from a, uh, you know, a, a biggest, a biggest difference, I would say one is, is the, the media. Um, obviously we have an incredible contract with ESPN and ultimately the ACC network, uh, at Miami that we just don't, we, and, and again, I, I don't think they do to this day, but you know, when I was at Maine, we didn't have that type of TV deal. We had a great TV partner, WABI. I think they did a you know a, a very good job, and, um, but it wasn't the type of dollars that we're realizing, um, at, you know, at, at our level at the Power Five. And, you know, obviously you have the the, the football championship and the, and the revenue that generates, and so it's it's keeping up with the the competition at that level in terms of how we operate from you know chartering chartering teams uh, at. To, to different competitions, to uh, the, the amount of gear, the, the amount of gear we, we give kids to, you know, just the overall experience. I, I think there's a, a little more, a little more revenue that's that's put in it but that's not to say that uh, um, our kids at Maine that work just as hard as, as kids at, at any other division one two II, or three uh, school in the country and we're always striving to be their very best and it's, it's one of the things that I I will say I, I really enjoyed was was the was the, the drive and passion that they had for excellence knowing that there were there are schools at, at different levels that that uh, um, the, the students there kind of got a, a little bit more of an experience um, financially uh, overall than, than what we were able at that time to be able to provide at Maine. And obviously, I, I know they've continued to grow and do great things there, and uh, I'm sure um, Canada's continuing to elevate what that experience looks like for their students.
0: And I'm sure the from a from a fundraising standpoint, uh, the pie is much smaller in a smaller state, smaller uh, place like Maine than it is miami and and i'm sure that's that's a challenge maine's got some tremendous supporters and over the years uh, but the, the pie has to be much smaller than it, it is at miami
1: oh yeah when you look at some Maine's top supporters any school in the country would love to have them I mean, again you look at the Alphons and, and what they've done i mean the, the Alphons uh uh have, have made made gifts that uh uh Gain national attention in terms of, of what they do for athletics. There's, there's not, there's not many people who have impacted college athletics, the at at, at any program, the way the Alphons have impacted it. Uh, you know, obviously at, at the University of, of Maine, but at, at a number of schools around the country. And so, yeah, Maine's got some uh, super uh, elite uh, donors, but to your point, the piece of pie just isn't as big. You know, overall, in terms of, of just the, the numbers that they have to go and ask them.
0: It, it kind of a segue into uh, where do you where you spend your most time? Where obviously there are a ton of things you do. You've been a national leader on uh, several councils and committees. I think you you were the chairman of the Division One Council. Is that the what it was called? Yep,
1: I was the chair of the NCAA Division One Council. Uh, I just finished as chair of, of the ACC Council. Uh, and so I guess Rob, one thing I would say is, is it depends. I think one of the great things about the job is it's it's not a tip you know people ask me all the time, what's a typical day? And I think the great thing about being an athletic director is there's not a typical day. It's it's uh, constantly different. Um, it depends on what's going on. Uh, it can be a lot of fundraising. Uh, you look at the last year, it was a lot of operational stuff with figuring out how we're going to you know how we're going to operate in a COVID world and and play games. And I think one of the Things that I'm, I'm most proud of both as an institution and as a league is the ACC really played more games than anyone else in the country. And, and as I said to our student athletes uh, way back in April of 2020, you know, my job as the athletic director is, is to provide you as close to an experience as the one you signed up for as possible, recognizing we can't be toned up and that we're, we're living in a pandemic. Uh, but that was really my goal. And I think, uh, you know, real credit to our coaches and and my leadership team and and great support from our institution and and specifically the great leadership of our president, Dr. Frank, um, we created an an experience uh, in the ACC and at, at Miami uh, that allowed kids to compete in the sport they love and to practice and, and to have that experience. Was it different? Yeah, it was different when you don't have a full house in in the in the state, you know, watching or in, in some cases you don't have any fans at all. It's 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 a definitely a different experience. Uh we played at Duke this year in football and they didn't have any fans at Duke. And it's just a it's it's a different experience watching a college football game with not one fan in the stands. <clears throat> at Miami we were able to have twenty percent and uh you know that that was uh, was different than what we had that night you referred to at Notre Dame, where the, I think the, uh, the 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 stadium was uh, 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 just about to explode, given all the noise that was going on there that night. So yeah, it was different, but it was it was great. And, and you know, the long answer to your question, it's one where it's just constantly changing. What it means to be a director from HR to fundraising to you know, operational things to to uh,
0: planning to uh, working with campus all sorts of different roles and,
1: and I, again it's one of the things that makes the job so rewarding
0: in one of my these podcasts have focused a lot on leadership and business and sports and so forth and clearly uh, this job is is all about leadership and the skill sets necessary with that we started with you describing the passion that it it Took for you to achieve your dream. It it took a lot of passion, and now it's it's demonstrated leadership skills. It had you know, one of my questions that I wanted to ask was, what is is the uh, most important skill set uh, that you you need it, it probably starts with leadership and everything that goes with that. I, I think, for as for, and I believe this is the case. Then any leader
1: is is being 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 decisive. You need to be able to make a decision. I have often said to to all leaders on my staff, it's better to make a bad decision than to have no decision. Uh, the no decision it leaves your it leaves your group hanging and and really questioning I think your, your ability to lead. Uh, I always believe that if you look at our core values and, and who we are making the decision you know, make a well thought decision, and if it's one that we need to change later, we'll we'll
0: change it. But but the, the need to make a the need to make a decision is is to me one of the most important uh, roles
1: in in being a leader.
0: And obviously, uh, communication skills, relationship building, all of those, I've witnessed that uh, being around you. Uh, without those types of skills, the ability to to communicate with people, honestly, directly. Yeah, and 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 quickly as as is uh, needed. Uh, certainly important parts of it that you exhibit so well.
1: Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. I think the you know the, the, the communication and how you approach things. Uh, again, in, in today's day and age, I'm the one that I talk with our I with our entire staff about it. Is no one knows the tone of the email. Uh, picking up the phone, or even better, if you can go and meet with someone in their office and talk through issues, I I think is is key. I think the other thing for leaders, uh, and and I've I've struggled with this at times, uh, but I think I'm getting better at it, is is just the ability to delegate and and then letting those people that you delegate responsibilities to, really empowering them to to do what they need to do and and growing them as leaders. And so um, I, I think the the thing I've really found is is great leaders are, are surrounded with by great leaders, and and that's what I really look for in, in my staff is is really finding you know who are those that can be great leaders that we, you know, we can have on
0: our team. And I think last year's the the COVID pandemic uh, challenged all leaders, uh, and particularly uh, as we're talking about this this topic, the leaders in in athletic administration at all levels, uh, but in, in particular the. The, the Power Five and the major college levels. Uh, you guys had to adapt and adjust on the fly uh, as in real time as things were changing. And uh, what a great job uh, getting through that. I want to talk just a little bit, the last few minutes we uh, we have here, there, a few of the the current challenges uh, uh, in challenges on the environment uh, that, that maybe you you're, you're certainly dealing with and just get your take a little bit on on each of them the first one the most recent everybody's that follows athletics college athletics is very aware of the the whole uh, player name likeness and imaging ruling that came out would you just touch briefly on your thoughts on that you know i think it's
1: something that college athletes, what it means to be a college athlete has continued to evolve and, and i think this in some ways is probably a logical next step i think we probably could have done some things uh, differently i think overall in, in florida uh, uh, our uh, representatives in tallahassee did did a pretty good job of, of giving our, our students the opportunity to, to monetize and their name image and likeness uh, again i think as as with anything there's uh, some unintended consequences that, that happen and and some things you just have to work through when, when you have something happen, but uh, we'll, we'll continue to, we'll continue to operate and we'll, we'll work through those issues and, uh, uh, learn from them. And, uh, you know, make adjustments as needed. I do think there's a need for for national legislation, so we're all playing by the, the same set of rules in, in terms of how, what how kids can monetize their name your likeness. You know, as example, Rob, at, at, in the state of Florida, uh, we at institutions, so Florida, Florida State, Miami, all the other. Uh, colleges in the state of Florida, we can't be a part of it. So if I have a donor call me up and say, hey, I want your quarterback, Derek King, to endorse our company, can you have him call me or give me his number? by the law, it's it's against the law for me to be a part of coordinating that. And so in in a different state, if the schools are able to coordinate all those different types of things, you know, I think it's just it's just gonna create a a lot of a lot of confusion and and maybe some inequities in terms of of what what's happening and 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 what our kids doing uh, in terms of you know of how they're picking their schools and all that. So as much as we can keep college athlete selection education-based versus financial-based I think it's it's a win for college athletics in the long term now I get I, I get that we're going to have name members of likeness and there's some things that I think we probably should have done a while back with the, the video games and, and jersey sales and that but um we are where we are uh right now and uh we'll make the the best of this situation. Again, I think uh, hopefully we'll get some support from Washington, D.C. to get national legislation because I think that's best, but uh, we'll go from there and we'll make the best of it. And uh, uh, We'll have some young people that'll be able to uh, realize that uh, I think some significant opportunities. Uh, I think for the majority of them, there could be some money, but it's not going to be anything compared to what their, their their scholarship was providing them, and cost of attendance, and everything else that goes into being a, a major Division One athlete,
0: and as you say, anything is expansive and, and large as this this type of a a ruling is is going to have some unintended consequences, and they'll just have to continue to adjust that as they go along, and and. Deal with each of those, those things, maybe with national legislation, as you suggest. How about the, how about the playoff expansion, the proposed playoff expansion? I guess tentatively set for 2023. What are your thoughts about that? That's expansion to what, 12 teams?
1: You know, I haven't had a chance to really di- digest it all yet. That's the the proposal that came from CFP, ironically, next week in Charlotte. Uh, uh, we have a meeting where uh, the Notre Dame Athletic Director, uh, Jack Sorbuck, is on the committee, and he's going to uh, present the, the the deck, really, uh, of, of how it all breaks down and how they got to the 12 teams, all that. Uh, but, again, I, I guess I look at, at, at what we – Yes, level like with a 16-team playoff. Now, granted, there was one, one, uh, one less game during the regular season, and I know that's something that's been discussed about there. Is you know, what's the the right number of, of games? You know, we look at where and tear on the student's body. I think those are things that we have to look at and and, and think through and and make sure that uh, whatever steps we take uh, are the right ones. But from those that uh, that I think have been on uh, on the. The inside of this process they feel very confident that uh, uh this is 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 the right approach and uh i'm looking forward to get a getting a, a better understanding of it but i do think it's something that is is good it's good for the game uh, i think to have a have a, a championship uh like we do right now uh to just have four teams be a part of it we don't have uh near the representation that we do in any of our other sports um I, Once we went away from the old bowl system where you could have a a Rose Bowl champion, a Sugar Bowl champion, and an Orange Bowl champion that all thought their team should be the national champion, Uh, once we went to what we did, I do think uh, an expansion from from two to then four now to potentially 12 is is probably the logical next step. and uh, I look forward to getting a better understanding of, of all of it. And how we'll make it uh, work to uh, create as much excitement and energy around college football, while at the same time recognizing uh, the, the young people who are, who are coming to our institutions to to earn their degree and, and still be students and, and not just not just be there to, to play a sport.
0: I certainly look forward to it. Uh, I know a lot of college foot, football fans do. So we'll just. Uh, Keep uh, keep abreast of it and, and see what happens over the next year or so as they start to nail that down. And finally, uh, just a little bit about the the one time transfer rule, the 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 port of the whole portal thing. I know you you've had some thoughts about that. Yeah, um, you
1: know that that's one that 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 is uh, to me. It's it's a little bit of a, a tougher situation in that. I, I don't think that necessarily just opening up and and allowing kids to transfer is maybe the the best situation long-term, you know, from from different jobs that they'll be in uh, to different bosses that they'll have. I think anytime things don't necessarily go right or you don't get the, you don't get the the promotion or you don't get, um, you know, in our case, enough shots or enough playing time or whatever it is to to pick up your, your stuff and go somewhere else. Uh, I don't know that it necessarily teaches you so many of the great lessons that I think through history we've looked at and so many successful leaders have, have come from from playing uh, a sport that they had a passion for and learning what it meant to have a role on that team and playing that role and, and just the, the different lessons that you learn in that um, that I, I think – you know, we we may see a, you know a situation that uh, I don't think will have these uh, young people as prepared for some of the challenges that we all face in, in life out in in, in our, our careers. And so, um, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. I know there's there's a lot of pressure that coaches can leave and and go to different places, and the kids should be able to do it. And, uh, well, I look at it a little bit differently. I I understand that's that that side of the argument um but i, I do look at it as uh, one we want these kids to get their degree and you look at a sport like baseball we used to have just horrible graduation rates and gpas in baseball and we made a number of these changes you know not allowing kids to just transfer about sitting out and, and different things and our, our gpas and graduation rates have skyrocketed up in in baseball and now you know we'll go i guess we'll, it'll be interesting to see if that continues to be the case, you know, now that we've given back that opportunity to, to just be able to freely transfer. But uh, again, I understand the the, the media side of, of pushing it, but, but personally, I feel that uh, unfortunately, I think some of these young people will really miss out on valuable lessons that sports give us for later challenges that we have in our life. And uh, I think that's one of the great things about sports. And I just hope we don't lose some of that, you know, through all this.
0: And that's been my thought as, a, as an employer, uh, somebody who deals with the, the hiring process on a significant basis. I see that uh, quite a bit, quite a bit in our business, quite a bit in, uh, in businesses around where people, uh, and I don't want to broad uh, paint everybody with a broad brush, but, there are some tremendous young people coming into the workforce and very dedicated, but there are also those that, that again, aren't willing to put in uh, the time, deal with some, some bosses, maybe they don't agree with, or they don't get along with and kind of get through that process and and stick with it. And, and and I worry about the same things that maybe some of this is uh, going to be exacerbated by allowing this, but uh, time will tell. Well, uh, to end this uh, this this discussion, Blake, I've got to ask you if you can maybe you can sum it up one or two things. What are the what's the highlight of your career thus far? Can you can you name one? Can you name a couple? You've had a tremendous uh, career. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I guess I, I would say you know one thing that that uh, you know six hours, obviously getting that of the athletic director at the University of Miami uh, as as we've discussed that was that was always a a dream of mine and as as great it was as great as it was to be an athletic director at a division one institution where i was given that opportunity at maine uh to then realize really a a job that i had dreamed about since uh, in my my days and as an undergrad in college uh and maybe even before that uh would definitely have to be a highlight uh you know from from my career professionally Um, I think it's it's very rewarding, and you know, there's there's probably been a, a number of these, Rob, where we have uh, where we have student athletes who, through their experience with us, just are so appreciative that we've we've changed their we've changed their life, um, and you know, a lot of times that can be from individuals that are first generation college students to individuals that had tough situations uh, uh, around them in terms of, of, of where they, how they grew up, where they grew up, whatever it is. And, and so just to have uh, their appreciation is, is something that's always really stuck with me. So I think, the, you know, those would be the two, the, the two biggest things, you know, professionally is is. The is changing the lives uh, of our, uh, of our young people. And then, you know, for me individually, um, you know, being able to uh, get the opportunity to uh, sit in the chair
0: in, in a job that I dreamed about having at, at one point in my career. And that's, uh, I think that's what uh, anybody would want to hear from somebody who's a leader in, in academics and in, in athletics at our universities is to, is to feel that that reward of, of seeing those people benefit from everything that they get at a university, the leadership and the, in the opportunity. So I think that's a great way to finish up Blake. I, hey, I want to thank you so much for the time today. And I, I think passion drive vision uh, in all of those things, the energy that it's taking to get to this point, those should be aspirational for anybody listening to this podcast who desires to get into this kind of a business so uh, uh i certainly if i get questions or i get uh, in, in touch with people who want to learn more about it do you mind if i uh send them your way to 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 give you get some information from you
1: I'd be happy to talk to anyone.
0: great yeah. well this has been uh rob carmichael again with mainly matters i look forward to spending some time with you again in the near future thank you